Hey, everybody, what's going on? Rob Sestradino here. And today we're about to do our post-mortem on Utopia, talking about the good and the bad, what worked and didn't work from our precious, precious time with the Utopia pioneers that was taken away from us way too soon. But first, I want to thank our sponsor for this episode of Rob is a Podcast. And those are our friends over at the Dollar Shave Club who want to know, is there anything worse than buying razors? Because unlike in Utopia, where you could just go out and have all your stuff delivered to you. In real life, you got to go to the store. You got to remember that you need the razors. You got to sit in traffic. You can't just have the Utopia experience and have people bring them to you. And then when you get to the store, they're in that locked plastic fortress that they keep them in. And you got to find the guy with the key and he's busy and he's texting his girlfriend. And after that, they cost like 25 bucks for a pack of razors. And if you haven't sold any of your paintings or anything like that, then that could be a lot of money. And so don't do that again. Join the dollar shaveclub.com for just a few bucks a month dollarshaveclub.com delivers great razors right to your door dollarshaveclub.com is much smarter than going to the store they've got plans that start at just three dollars a month you could sign up once it takes two minutes and then sit back and the blades arrive like clockwork you could shave with a fresh blade every week no membership fee no commitment and they've got a money back guarantee so you got nothing to lose by trying them out stop trudging to the store for overpriced razors and join dollarshaveclub.com slash R-H-A-P. That's dollarshaveclub.com slash R-H-A-P. Coming to you live from outside the Utopia experience. It's Rob has a podcast. And now here are the two guys who are lowering the Rob has a podcast flag to half mass today. It's Rob Sestrino. And here is my Utopia co-host for the last time. Here he is, Mr. Kurt Clark. Hey there, Rob. Baby dropped the bell on the floor. Yes, yes. And the Bella, Bella the Bell is back with us today. Oh, Kurt. We gotta, let's, out, of, out of respect, let's let it run for a second. Yeah. Oh, my God. Kurt, now, again, this is a little... The body's gone cold a little bit. Uh, we recorded our final Utopia episode recap, uh, and that was on the day after Halloween. We did it on November 1st. And then on Sunday, November 2nd, the news came down that Utopia was going to be canceled. There would be no more Utopia ever again. Uh, The ratings for that final Utopia Friday night were were scary. It was scary. I think the ratings had been down like another 25%. And I think that Fox just said, okay, enough is enough. And they pulled the plug on Sunday, November 2nd, the day Utopia died. And so people had been asking for quite some time. We need Rob and Kurt to pay their respects and say goodbye to Utopia. I don't know if respect is the right word. Oh, no, <laughs> Kurt, come on now. People gave, I, although, people gave like 70 days of their life to this. Yeah, that's true. And, and you know, it's, you know, I, I was gone for that one week uh, where, where Mario filled in. I, I almost feel like, like the show hung on for that one last week so that I could come back and talk about it. Yes. Yes. And then it, it gave that it's little death rattle. And- like it waited for you. Like uh, it, was, it held on there and for you to get to the hospital. Exactly. To say, That's what it felt like. To say goodbye. 
All right. Well, oh. we really did have fun. Our last Utopia episode recap that we did. And so, well, I, I have a bunch of questions here from the Robbins podcast community. I think I'd like to talk about what worked, what didn't work, where they went, where they went wrong, what we'll miss about the show. And just overall, uh, a chance to uh, say goodbye to Utopia. So uh, very, very excited uh, to get into this, Kurt. Yeah, I think there's there's a as as you often say, there's a lot to unpack here in terms of doing this uh this autopsy on our <laughs> on our friend Utopia. Yeah, it's very, very sad. Anyway, um before we get to Utopia, I just want to uh remind everybody about our brand new Rob has a podcast app, which you can listen yeah. to all of our old podcasts about Utopia. You could listen to Kurt talk about uh, once upon a time on post show recaps with Mike Bloom, and you can also listen to Kurt talk about International Big Brother on reality TV rehab ops all in one app. Yeah, this is almost six months of International Big Brother there for you, so a lot to go back and listen to. <laughs> if you're a fan of the tabulator, Kurt Clark, then this is the app for you, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, I, I don't know if there are those people out there, but sure. <laughs> sure, why not? Yeah. Why not? Also, uh, by the time you're hearing uh, this podcast, also, it's probably going to be uh, the waning hours of the Rob is a Podcast uh, Bell shirt. Bell, not Bella shirt. We have a Rob is a Podcast Bell shirt, uh, which is available. It's going to be the final day on November 11th. So if you want to uh, get in on that before that closes down, you can do so at robiswebsite.com slash bell shirt or by clicking the banner mm-hmm. in the sidebar of robhasawebsite.com. Uh, I got I got mine in a leaf green. Oh, leaf Ma- leaf Manson? Leaf Manson green. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Anyway, so uh, let's let's get into this. Let's talk about uh, Utopia. The, the final stats on Utopia. Uh, the original run, uh, R.I.P. Utopia, September seventh, uh, two thousand fourteen to October thirty first, uh, two thousand fourteen. Uh, it aired for exactly twelve episodes. Kurt. Wow. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we, you had so you had more. Um, there were fewer minutes of Utopia podcast and there were total rob has a podcast podcast we did not make it to a thousand minutes yes yes. you made it to a thousand episodes we did not make it to a thousand minutes yes uh no we really did this took us by surprise we didn't think that utopia was going to go down this quickly this was like took us Uh for a, a bit of a surprise like we knew pretty early on here that utopia wasn't gonna last the whole run but uh, it did seem like it was going to make it through at least the fall. Yeah, I thought we were going to get treated to a very utopia Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. a very utopia. We talked about this last week. We wanted to see more costumes from our, our host. Um, I think when the season started, I had, I had my date, my, my drop dead date as Columbus Day. I did not think it was going to make it past. <laughs> you didn't think it was going to last a month? I didn't think it was going to make it past mid-October. Mm-hmm. And... And to be fair, I think it made it like one or two episodes past that. Yeah. Um, but when once we hit early October, I was like, oh no, it's definitely going to make it past then. And I was and I was definitely surprised that it dropped off when it did. Yeah. The problem was it was just hemorrhaging viewers from week to week. Like it was getting to the point where I think they wanted to keep it on, and it was just like when they dropped another twenty five percent in between after the week where they took the uh, week off for the uh, World Series, I think they were just like, we got to just pull the plug. Yeah, it was, 
The signs were there. <laughs> the sign, the signs were there. But I think, especially after they retooled it so much after that Halloween episode, where we're going to vote somebody out every single week, and we're going to sort of try to mix it up, and we're going to add confessionals, and it seemed like okay, at least they're going to try it. But then it was, it really was a case of rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic because they didn't even, <laughs> we didn't even get a chance to see how the new format was going to play out. Yeah, so that last episode did happen, right? That wasn't like a fever dream I was having. <laughs> no. That was, that was a thing. And we never got to see which middle-aged bald guy was going to shake things up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right, Kurt. Oh I thought maybe we should start at the beginning. And uh, I'd like to play for you a little bit of the trailer, which announced Utopia to the American audiences. Are you ready? Yes, let's see how on, on the nose this actually is. Okay. Here we go. The Utopia trailer. From reality mastermind John DeMaul. And based on the international smash hit comes an idea bigger, bolder, more groundbreaking than ever. This is the purest form of reality that I have ever produced in my career. Fifteen people, each with their own view of what it takes to make a perfect world, will sacrifice one whole year of their life Eh, to build one together. We put 15 people in very difficult circumstances and they have to figure out what the choices are they have to make in the beginning. Sounds exciting, right? Figure out for themselves. Yeah. Okay. So they have to make money. It, How are they it going seemed to like you know, especially from from the Dutch version, the clip that they're showing here. Uh, it seems exciting, and I know we were excited after our first recap of Utopia, the two-hour premiere. Yes, you had a mix of you know. Well, first of all, I think that that initial introduction to the show, regardless of the show, is always going to be exciting. And then we saw that we had some uh, quite quite a, quite a number of little firecrackers in our in our cast here yeah it was interesting you know um a lot of people have been on the initial casting and said that was a a big mistake and and they fought too much but i thought coming out of the first night i think we were pretty high on the cast yeah at least in terms of from a a would is this going to be good tv is this going to be entertaining to watch perspective? Yeah. I think the, that was a yes. Yeah. So it seemed like on paper, the concept was good. We liked the idea of Utopia. We were, we thought that the cast was good. We, we liked all of the fighting going on. We liked the flashbacks. I mean, if we were, we probably could nitpick some of the original Utopians. Uh, and mm-hmm. maybe there wasn't anybody to root for early on. But I do feel like that overall... Um, we were not really unhappy with the casting. So I think it's a little bit revisionist history to say that the ca- they got the casting wrong. Right. No, I, no, I agree. So would you say that, uh, is that really one of the problems? It, was it the cast that you think was one of the reasons why Utopia was not able to catch on with the audience? Um, here's the thing. It's like, I think it was, for me, I think it was a good cast, but potentially a good cast for a different show concept. Mm-hmm. I just don't necessarily feel that what they were trying to do with Utopia and then this particular cast were necessarily made for each other. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think that they, while I think the, the, the dramatic outbursts that this cast had made it entertaining to watch, it didn't necessarily end up pointing the show i think in the direction that the show wanted to go so it seemed it seemed like to be a little bit of a mismatch so for me it was a little bit 
it was a bit more of the combination of the two, but I actually place more fault at the feet of the concept for the show. The concept of the show. Okay, so let's talk about the concept of the show. Uh, it, they came into it. They had $5,000. They had to build a new society. They weren't given any money, Kurt. So what was your major uh, bone to pick with the concept of the show? Um, I think the, for me personally, again, I'm not saying this is why it failed. I know that this is um, why I was drawn more and more to the drama of the cast than to what was actually happening in terms of the society being built. Uh, the, the extent to which they really tried to paint up how these people were isolated from production. There were no challenges. There were, there were no quote unquote, uh, you know, weekly eliminations at the beginning of the season. It seems to be very unguided. And I know that they wanted the utopians to kind of set that path themselves but for me, it just seemed like, I, you know, with, with Survivor and The Amazing Race and Big Brother, you know what to expect week to week in terms of those certain gates and milestones that you're going to go past. And this seemed to be largely an unguided, uh, well, let's see what maybe they do this time. I know that, that Mario has compared it, and we've talked about it, comparing it to The Sims, where it's like, well, let's just let them go and see what happens. And I think ultimately, with people who are, like none of these people have been, well, there's been talk, but some of them have been on some, maybe some other reality shows before, but it, this seemed like a very kind of new cast. And they, what do you mean a new cast in, in terms of, they didn't seem to be the, um, the, the camera hogs per se that you would see on a show where you actually have cameramen in your face. Mm-hmm. So I you know for, so for, for me, it basically, it basically seemed like they just put people in this compound to see what would happen. And I think it needed to have a lot more guidance from production and a lot more structure than it was given. And I think if they had done that, we might've actually had some sort of story that we could follow along with. Yeah, I agree. I, I, maybe this is in concert with the last point that we were talking about with, with the cast. Like, I feel like there probably needed to be more direction of what is this show about? You know, and I think we probably needed to have people come in with stronger worldviews about like what what they wanted to have happen in Utopia. And there really wasn't so much a struggle. I mean, there was at times, but it was about like minor things, not so much like the society that they were trying to, to build. And I feel like that story at times would would get lost. Like, I think we did have come in with people who had some strong worldviews. Uh, Pastor Jonathan really wanted to create a world, uh, you know, around, you know, Christianity. And, and, and he wanted to baptize everybody. And, uh, you know, Hex definitely had a strong worldview. Um, and Libertarian Rob, while he was Libertarian Rob, he really didn't put forth his views on the world of forth, you know, a ton. But he definitely did have views on the world. Della certainly had views on the world. Um, but there was a lot of people that just really were just kind of like nebulous in, in really what they wanted. I'm talking about, you know, Nikki and Bree and musician Chris and Aaron. And, um, you know, we know that Dedeker is polyamorous, but, you know, there, there really wasn't like in the, in the idea to build a new society, like there was uh, a lot of voices that were somewhat quiet. Right. And it didn't seem like, you know, and I couldn't go in there and say, okay, to form a society, here are your basic building blocks and you'll have to do X, Y, and Z. It seemed to me that where this show could have helped was like if each week, you know, they're given a list of, okay, your task this week is to form, uh, decide how you want to handle um, 
conflicts? Is it a judicial system? Is it or, or what have you? So it seemed like they would they needed to perhaps be guided more in terms of the things that they would have to uh, agree upon or decide upon on a week to week basis. Yeah, I think that's that's a fair point. I think we needed more direction and more structure about what is what is going on there because you know again from that teaser that we talked about, like they'll have to build a new society. They'll have to and it, and really. <laughs> They built a love shack and a chicken track. Yeah, on you know, then on from a week to week basis, it was like, okay, you're the boss this week. What do you want? Like, I think this week the women are in charge. You know, it, and it really we lost like any sort of the the gravity that was teased in in the opening. And I think that the show struggled to find a tone. Like, is this wacky or is it serious? Exactly. And yeah, it's. I, I just I didn't think. Like like you had pointed out, there I think there were several people here who had strong views on how a society should be formed. But there there were several people there who were more, you know, background actors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the stakes never really felt high for me on Utopia. Again, when you like when you have like this, you know, the kind of music that we're talking about here, like in in the trailer, like you know, you think that like high stakes are. From reality mastermind John DeMaul. Like, this is not yeah. like chicken tractor music. <laughs> in a world. Yeah, in a world where they had to uh, make their own world. You know, <laughs> uh, in a world where hillbilly wine was free flowing and people came to visit from all over the place, but there were no bees. Um, you know, it. I felt like the show really did struggle uh, with its tone and what the mission was. And I think that only for the most hardcore of hardcore fans, like I don't think that the show appealed to many people. Right. Because I, I can already hear the keyboards typing out there. It's like, well, if production interferes, then it's not really the spirit of the utopian game. And I completely realize that. I just think personally, that's where it potentially you know, fell down. And like, even whether it's, they're given each week, a, 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 um, a building block that they must establish in their society, or if they're even given, you know, if there's drills that are run, mm-hmm. you know, in, in terms of like, you know, such and such happens to your society, how do you react now? But instead of it simply being a little card, because they're actually on this legitimate compound, they could potentially have that like have that drill actually enacted whether it's a an outbreak of some sort or you know killer bees we're no where are the bees kurt i don't know they're out of their job <laughs> but, but something where it's a little bit more maybe yeah. of a simulation and again if the show is billed as they're go- trying to you know figure out a new society then by that mission statement then there needs to be production interference otherwise it's just like we we locked 15 people on a farm let's see what happens you know what yeah, I mean? That's kind of what it turned into. And, and how many paintings can we sell on eBay? Yeah. And so I think that was sort of a they needed more more direction, I think. And, 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 and as viewers, I think we needed to understand more about what was going on because it was hard to maintain interest. Now, we loved it. We we loved it. But I think that for the, the casual viewer, it's clear that they were not, you know, tuning into Utopia and falling in love or coming back to watch it another week because the show continued to lose viewers, you know, throughout the run. Yeah. And I think even just going to the, the comments we've received on Twitter and yes. on, 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 the, on the boards, if I had to, if I had to do a, a tabula, if I had to raise a poll 
to the viewers, to the listeners of the podcast, I would put, you know, dollars to donuts. It sounded like a good majority of the people listening to the podcast weren't even watching the TV show. Well, yeah. Well, let's talk and about something. They're extremes. They're extremes, actually. Yeah. Well, let's let's talk about some of the things. Uh, one of the things that Utopia did get right, and I would say that the live feeds for Utopia were probably a big success, a big win for Utopia, because most of the criticism that we got from the podcast, if we heard from people who just watched the TV show, Rob and Kurt, we really love the podcast. It's so much fun. I'm going to miss the Utopia podcast more than I'll miss the Utopia show. But from the people who watch the Utopia live feeds, we got a lot of you guys are effing idiots. You don't even know what you're talking about. I can't, you don't even watch the live feeds. And again, we never claimed to be Utopia live feed experts. We were only podcasting about the Utopia TV show. And obviously there was plenty that we didn't know about. I mean, there's plenty that we don't know about when we're just podcasting on a TV show, let alone a TV show with live feeds. But there was a, definitely a, a community of people that really fell in love with this cast on the live feeds. Yes. That's yeah, it, for sure. Yes. Unfortunately, we're not taking that away from them. <laughs> that, yeah, that didn't translate to big TV numbers. Um, yeah. But there definitely were people like, you know, I go on the Utopia subreddit and there's a lot, there's a lot of people there and they, you know, many of them are live feed watchers and they, they really enjoyed the Utopia live feed. So they were doing something right. And I think that um, the Utopia live feed watchers, I believe uh, even said the Utopia live feeds were better than the big brother live feeds. Yeah. And, and it seemed like that, you know, when I talked a little bit before about, the opportunity to um, have tasks presented it, or I think back a little bit to how the social media interaction worked with opposite worlds uh, in terms of having people engage and potentially impact the house. It seemed like this was a perfect show for, uh, you know, giving the opportunity for people to potentially impact how the game was being played out, whether it was again, selecting tasks or selecting hardships or uh, voting on things uh, as the as the show progresses, but if they if they're doing the live feeds right, it seemed like they'd be able to potentially do that right as well. But that's again only if you accept the concept of you know let's actually have outside influence. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about where I think Utopia really started to lose its way, and that was uh, really um, two big things for me. Uh, the first of which is when they got into the the recasting. And when yeah. we started to, we, we were losing people and the people that we were getting back, I feel like was one of the areas where we, re, where we really started to go awry. Yeah. The, I mean, just, did it start as early as, uh, as Kristen and Rhonda? Yes. Uh, was it, I mean, that was, that was the first time where they had to choose between a pair of people. Yes. Um, you think that's where it started? Yeah, I think that that was uh, not not so great. And, uh, you know, entrepreneur Kristen, who's been, <laughs> you know, I, I've definitely been hard on entrepreneur Kristen. And I just feel like when, you know, the choice between Tea Partyist Rhonda or entrepreneur Kristen, it was like, well, what are they going to pick? Like, obviously, they need money. If she's saying that she can make them money, they're obviously going to pick her. And so they end up with entrepreneur Kristen. But she was really pretty lame for TV. Yeah. And that's the thing they would, they would, they uh, compared to the original 
house guests, house guests, sorry, the, the original pioneers that yes. were brought in, the ones that came in later. Well, uh, the, the, let's take a look. So we, we well, really actually, had Taylor four. was the first one that came in. And Taylor, so Kristen, Kristen came in on September 4th and Taylor came in the week after her. Oh, okay. On September it. 11th. Got it. And Taylor seemed actually okay. Yeah, Taylor like was probably, of, of, of those guys, I think he was the one that they got right. Well, I think, yeah, I think if you, if you, so we had Kristen, then Taylor, then Ernesto, and then Cal. And I almost see Kristen and Ernesto on one side of the line and Taylor and Cal on the other. Mm-hmm. In, ter- in terms of the quote-unquote good TV. Yeah. Um, really, er- you know, Ernest, the time invested with, you know, Ernesto in particular, I mean, I think that was one of the big, the biggest, you know, strikes against the show. Like, yeah. what is the point of Ernesto? He is, he came in, he was not somebody who was like a, you know, he wasn't a hot guy. He didn't come in with a worldview. He wasn't funny. He wasn't interesting. I just, I don't understand how this guy walked through the doors of casting and they were like, this is our guy. Let's get yeah, this and, guy on TV. And it wasn't even one of the situations where he was um, chosen as, you know, between two people. He was the, like, he was the, one of the replacements that came in because either for uh, Fifth Avenue Dave or for Pastor Jonathan, mm-hmm. um, you know, whichever order that actually happened in. But he, he came in to replace somebody who had left. Yeah. So I'll never understand that one. And that's yeah. the, the biggest thing to me is like, really? That Ernesto. And then the other thing for me that that really, I think, uh, was a big mistake was, you know, and I blame entrepreneur Kristen for this. That's probably why I'm so hard on her. The utopia experience. Yeah, I think the, 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 the blurring that well, breaking the fourth wall. Yeah. Once they opened the door to people to just come in and give them money, one, it took away all of the tension that had been building about, will we have enough money? Do we have money for this? Do we have money for this? Like the idea that they actually had to work, like there was no longer any drama over, oh my God, we have to get, you know, get this cow straightened out and we got to sell the cow because we needed to make money because then we're not going to be able to eat. All of the air was let out of the balloon. It's like, oh, okay. So just every Sunday, we'll just let people walk around and then they'll just give us, you know, you know, $1,500, $2,000 and then that's fine. And we'll put stuff on eBay because we're on TV. And they should yeah, so, not have been able to benefit from Utopia being a TV show. Yeah. Rather than waiting till they were off the show to capitalize on their reality fame, they did it during the show. Yeah. It's just <laughs> like, you know... It re- it would turn into like celebrity apprentice tasks where it was like, you know, hey, we're raising money for ch- for charity. Come on in and, you know, and come to our pizza place. Yeah. I mean, there were there were nice little surreal things like us being able to actually see Bella's paintings on eBay. I mean, that wasn't tied directly to the Utopia experience. But there, so there were nice little entrepreneurial. But that wasn't in the make- show. Like that didn't help Utopia at all. It helped. It helps Bella. Right. And it helped them have less drama that they could spend $750 on a wedding for Libertarian Rob when if this was the show that it was supposed to be, that they should have said, no effing way, we're not spending $750 on a wedding. And that would be a better TV show where somebody is saying, like, no, no, we're not wasting money on that. Get married on your own time. It would be interesting to see, like, a list of the changes in direction and the decisions that were made along the way mm-hmm. in, in terms of like 
okay, this week we'll allow, you know, let's start allowing this. Like we only, we yeah. were typically only going to allow, like we're at the beginning of the show was the plan that once a month, somebody would be allowed a guest. And then when did that start to slip to allow additional people? And um, yeah, cause, cause it would start out from a point where they're not going to spend $3 on a case of ramen noodles to the, to the point where they are going to spend $750 on a wedding. Yeah. And it was yeah, like, they, well, you know, there's just sometimes where it's special occasions. We got, we have to. And so, hey, so ramen's for a special occasion sometimes, Aaron, <laughs> come on. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. I forgot all about fifth Avenue, Dave. I, I was very pro fifth Avenue, Dave. As was I. Yes. Um, but I, I do feel like that we sort of missed, you know, the boat with, with some of these people. I, I keep going back to musician, Chris, that guy was, that guy was worthless on the show. Uh, other than the fact that he like was totally a sleaze and hooked up with Brie and then afterwards was like a real jerk to her after, uh, that he was, they missed the mark on that guy. Yeah. It's like, I'm, it, they also didn't seem to be able to decide on whether they wanted to bill him as a musician or bill him as a chili farmer. Oh, they, they did not bring up him being a chili farmer, maybe a, a red hot chili pepper. Uh, <laughs> no way did they bring up a chili farmer. Uh, actually, he was, was nowhere. He was nowhere near the garden. <laughs> nowhere near the garden. I'm not going to make inappropriate uh, jokes. There you go. Um, <laughs> so here, let's just go through. Let me give you the original cast. Um, okay. And then, uh, and you tell me, uh, let's get, you know, yes or no. Okay. The, did they, did they get it right or not? Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, let's start with, um, uh, libertarian Rob. Yes or no? Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, lawyer Mike. <sighs> yes. Yes. It was worth it for the, where are the bees, Jake? <laughs> Just for that alone. Yeah. Bree. No, that was a miss. They got, that was a miss. They swing and a miss. Yeah. I don't know what they were going for, but uh, they didn't get it. Uh, the, her whole thing was she was that she was lazy and she was sleeping all the time. Uh, and then she hooked up. She hooked up. You know, there was the bris thing for a while. Okay. Uh, and then we have, uh, let's go with Red. Yes. Yes, that was, they, they got it right with Red. Red, he, he wore out his welcome, but uh, that yeah. he, was, he was good on the show. He brought something to the table. Jonathan. Pastor Jonathan. Pastor Jonathan. That's a tough one. I think um, they, I think at least he came in with a, with a world view. I think that they, that was a lot. I'll, I'll give that to them. Yeah. Okay. Like, I don't think. He, yeah. Okay. Yes. Fifth Avenue, Dave. Yes. Okay. There you go. All right. Uh, let's talk about uh, Dr. Nikki. No, no, no. Whatever Dr. Nikki was supposed to be. Uh, it never, it never happened. Well, Dr. Nikki's best moment was what? When Cal said they wanted to have a one year relationship with her. Yeah, one year contract. Yes. Let's do it. Uh <laughs> contractor Josh. Yes. Yeah, he was good. He was fine. Uh Hex. I liked Hex. Yes. I think she was, so I'm gonna she say, was fine. I'm gonna give Hex a yes. She was fine. She wasn't she wasn't part of the problem. Uh D- Dedeker. Polyamorous Dedeker. Uh no, she was fine. She was fine. I'm i I'm just trying to think if you know if if Mike hadn't been on the show, no, no, but he, like she was fine. Polyamorous Dedeker yeah. was not part of the problem. She, she was, was bringing I mean, people to the screen, not not losing people. Uh, she and she was also, I think, for me, like the one most relatable person here. Like because you're polyamorous, right? 
you you know <laughs> is 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 monoamorous a thing <laughs> or, or non-amorous yeah um but no, in terms like like if there's one person I'd want to speak to after the show, it would be her, like, just because she Whoa, seemed to be the most well. level-headed. Mm-hmm. Okay, about that, the that, show. Right? Yeah, got speak it. Speak to her about the show. Got it. Uh, musician Chris. No, that was no. Uh, no. Bella. Yes. Yeah, she was good. Yes. She was good. Uh, okay, these and these two are going to be are going to be tricky. Amanda, m- m- expectant mom. Amanda. No. Yeah, I'm going to say no. If we had an, you had one had job, a- Amanda. You had one job to deliver a baby into this world on Utopia and you did not deliver. Was the Halloween episode meant to like, she literally did that. Was the Halloween episode like meant to like scare her into labor? Like was that production's, what is it like? Production's effort. Having a baby like the hiccups? Is that what? They're just like, boo. Oh no, she's still, she's still pregnant. <laughs> uh, she, Amanda seemed like she was a nice person, but she really did yes. not bring uh, much, much drama to the table. The only thing about her was the baby, and and then we didn't even get the baby on the show. Okay. Uh, Ar- Chef Aaron. Yes, you say yes. I see. I say no. I say Chef Aaron did not no. bring anything to the table for me, other than he fought with people. I like. I, I just never got a good read on Chef Aaron. That that's and i think that the the fighting in terms of some of the drama that's what i was looking at like did he make the show interesting at times i guess i would say yes but i was also hoping that he was going to go over rob (laughs) yeah yeah me too um all right we'll put him on the fence we'll be neutral on him so uh that's nine people we were where we were happy with four people they got wrong and one person that we were on the fence on. So overall the ratio is not bad like two-thirds of the people that were cast initially were good uh, what about then the replacements? Okay, let's let's just talk about uh real real quick. Uh, so we uh touched on uh wh- whether let's see uh who were some Kristen. of the yeah, okay Kristen uh we said no. no she was a no then uh, Ernesto we said no uh then Cal we what what was your final take on Cal? We got out so we got so little of Cal, but the letter it was worth it for the, the letter. It was worth it for the letter. <laughs> it was worth it. That was beautiful. It was worth it uh, for the letter. We can't wait to have you with us again. Much love, Tracy, Begonia, and Eugene the pigs, Barbie the horse, Charlie the emu, Bounce and Toffee the alpacas, Harvey and Dervy the goats, Cleopatra the chicken, King George the cat, and of course, all of us humans who consider cow. Or kin. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So Cal. <laughs> Cal was worth it. Uh, just. Just for that. And then uh, I'm not sure about the two. The two bald guys. The two middle aged bald yeah. guys that were coming in. And and Taylor also. Oh, Taylor. Um, Taylor was. I would say I'll say yes to Taylor. I thought he was kind of a douche, but at least you know. Uh, yeah, he, had, he had some drama with Bella and some drama with Hex. So. He had some drama. That's fine. No, he wasn't the problem. He wasn't part of the problem. But anyway, so how many times did we lose somebody interesting, though, and get back somebody who was not interesting? So we said, like, Fifth Avenue Dave was good. We said Jonathan was good. We said Red was good. Uh, was there anybody else from the good column? Rob was good, but then uh, we didn't. Uh, we He was a win. So, so far, out of the nine people we said yes to, we liked, we lost four of them. Right. When we, and of the people that we thought were bad, I don't think we lost any of them. We lost Bree. That was about. Oh, yeah, Bree. But that was in the last episode. I guess. Yeah. So we lost 
Okay. It, it was really weird because we really only... So, like, Dave and Jonathan quit. Mm. And I think technically... Dave was um, a medevac. To, I'm sorry. Uh, Jonathan was a medevac, to be fair. Yeah. But I think um, Ernesto... So, so Kristen came in as the 15th utopia. Mm-hmm. So that was always meant to happen. Um, once Dave and Jonathan left, I believe they were handpicked, replaced by Taylor and Ernesto. So that's a wash. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. And the, yeah. And then when Red left, he was replaced by Cal. So. Yeah. Also, um, what about the format of Utopia? Two times, two times a week to start and then down to one time a week. Did you feel like that was, was two times a week too much? Was that not enough when it was only on one time a week? What do you think? Two felt right. Two I mean, felt Big right. Big Brother, we recap a week's worth of events in where there's a lot of social interaction in three episodes. Um, and I felt like that first, that kickoff week, we had actually three, three episodes that week. And that seemed like a bit much. Two seemed good. One seemed like you were, they were trying to cram an awful lot into a single episode. And then there was even then one, the last episode we had to cover two weeks. And that seemed like a little bit of a, a stretch to try to do. Mm-hmm. Two seemed okay yeah. for me. Uh, what about the narrator? Was that, did they get that right or wrong? Uh, at the beginning, I don't think it felt right, but as it progressed, I think he kind of found his footing mm-hmm. and didn't necessarily feel like he was taking it too seriously or he was taking it with a serious tone that was in a nice contrast purposefully with what was happening on the screen. So I, at the beginning, I was like, this is just kind of weird. But by the time we got to Halloween, uh, I was fine with it. Okay, let's take some questions that we got. I wanted to poll some of the Rob Has a Podcast uh, community members who have been following Utopia to sort of get some questions that they wanted us to touch on. Um, and so let's let's talk a, a little bit about this. Uh, Scott St. Pierre uh, wanted to know, did the relationships that started in Utopia have a better or worse chance of surviving in the outside world? What were those relationships? Really, we just have, what, Hex and... Uh... Hex and Taylor, right? What about Cal? What about the year-long relationship between Cal and Nikki? I don't know if she uh, rubber-stamped that or not. I don't know if there is the. I don't know if <laughs> there's a official? notary. I don't know if there's a notary in Utopia that can actually, um, you know, make that make that a thing. Um, well, I'm hoping first of all that the the Rob and his new wife relationship is something that does work mm-hmm. uh, out, outside of Utopia. Um, but that's. I mean, I think the re- the real one this focuses on is Taylor and Hex, and I don't see that being a thing. Okay. Yeah, but that's probably right. I don't yeah. think so. I don't think so. Okay. So then uh, let's take another question here. Uh, this one is from Matt Ligori, who wants to know, are there any cast members that we haven't seen for the last time? I really hope not, but could any of these guys pop up somewhere else on our t- TVs or in the near future? Um, I could see Dedeker. I could, I could see there being some sort of Bravo uh, show around, uh, you know, polyamory <laughs> that, that, that ends up being picked up. Yeah. Um, uh, I could, I could see, I, I'd like, to, I'd like to see more of Hex. Yeah. Uh, so the, you know, uh, you know, Midwest Huntresses on, on Fox. I don't know. Um, so I, I could see those two and, and 
And it seems like like red and Fifth Avenue Dave, or or red together with Fifth Avenue Dave, would be a good combo. That would be a good a good combo. All right. So this is a question from Mike Kimura, who wants to say, "Would Utopia have been better if they didn't cast a bunch of actors?" And this is a story that we sort of underreported all season long. But it does seem like everybody who wanted to be on Utopia seemed to be going into it with at least like, "Hey, I'm gonna go on this to be famous," because they've all done some sort of, for the most part, other sort of reality tv or stuff like this let me give you a quick rundown uh this is from an article uh called utopia madness uh from september 30th written by a guy named uh john phillips let's start off with uh red uh red uh his real name is arthur van winkle uh he not only has a criminal past but a reality show past uh and so uh he has been on the fox reality show He has been on the Discovery Channel show, The Bluegrass Boys, about a sect of marijuana growing uh, people in Kentucky. So uh, how about that? I'm not really that surprised, (laughs) to be honest. There are a lot of things actually about Red that were underreported. The fact that I think he had like an associate's law degree or or something like that. So he he, he was much more than just a a hillbilly. Okay. Uh, Bella, of course, uh, she... Um, and I, I saw on the on the Utopia Reddit that uh, Bella might not actually be her real name either, but she also uh, has a SAG card, which you would think that uh, not many doomsday preppers uh, have that. Well, you know, when you in the in the post apocalyptic society, uh, you know, you, you want to make sure that you have that handy in case actually any acting opportunities do come up. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, of course, musician Chris has albums to sell. Uh, Dedeker has her own uh, demo reel. I'm bookmarking that. Okay. <laughs> uh, as far as uh, Hex, that uh, she has a, uh, a a LinkedIn page and a Instagram, which reveals her as a PR professional. Uh, that seems odd, right? Yeah. Uh, in, in her her Twitter account, she has a. Uh, it looks like she goes by the name uh, Kimberly Bondi. Yeah, Kimberly so. Bondi. And interestingly, um, from this article, they find a they do some fact checking. The Kimberly Bondi, uh, this is an article that was on her Facebook, is the newest addition to Larry Flint's Hustler Club team in Detroit. <laughs> oh my god, it's only like a six hour car ride from here. <laughs> yeah, there, there you go. Okay, so uh, apparently, a lot of the people from uh utopia were um at least some uh, during right but at the, at the same time though i as i kind of said before is i didn't get the feeling that they were seasoned they didn't come off as seasoned reality pioneers <laughs> well, definitely not seasoned pioneers but they also didn't come off to me as seasoned reality folks in terms of the way that they were acting the way that you would think they would typically act on camera they seemed a little bit new to it yeah um Let's take another question from Matt Ligori. Does, how does the Kurt Clark curse translate to the bedroom? Oh. Uh, so, yeah, for those of you unfamiliar with the Clark curse, um, any new show that is entering into its first season will never see a second season. And let me just say, it does translate directly to the bedroom. Whoa. Okay. One and done on the Kurt Clark, Clark curse. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, 
So here's a question from uh, Antonio Mazzaro. He wants to know, which utopians would be the best TV on Big Brother, Survivor, and Amazing Race? Personally, I would love to see uh, Team USF Red and Fifth Avenue Dave on The Amazing Race. All right, Kurt, let's do this. Let's take the Utopia cast, and we're going to send one person to Survivor, we're going to send one person to Big Brother, and one person to the, uh, two people to The Amazing Race. Okay, okay. Where we're, we come in and, uh, you know, Lynn Spillman got, got, you know, she's showing up at the Utopia, you know, tag sale now. Uh, everything must go. And so she get, gets to pick one thing at the Utopia experience for each of the CBS shows. Let, let's start with Survivor. Who are we sending from Utopia to Survivor? Do we each get to do we each get to uh, draft one person and put sure. them on opposite tribes? OK, sure. I'm going to, I'm going to I'm going to ship Bella off to Survivor. You're shipping Bella to Survivor. Uh, so, yeah, oh, yeah. I, 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 she's, she's the first one off. Pre, she first she out. She will be pre-merge if not first one first off. out. See, but, I, I'm looking at it with uh, the eye of like who could who would be good on Survivor. Oh, uh, Hex! I'm going to take Hex. Hex, then. yeah, I think that's right. I think Hex is one of the few people. I think Josh also would be interesting on Survivor if he could if he could um, avoid the first couple tribals. Depending if there's personality conflicts there, I think he could. Yeah. All right. Let's send somebody to Big Brother. Who are we sending to Big Brother? Uh, like Taylor Vaughn is like from Big Brother Central Casting. <laughs> yeah, but he wouldn't be good TV. He, oh, I could okay definitely see him on Big Brother, uh, and he would okay. be like you know a Cody, and he'd be there the whole se- the whole season, have a showman or whatever. Um, but he would not be good TV. Um, so you want good TV, want good TV and TV. a chance to win? Yeah, on Big Brother. Yeah, I want somebody, I, an ideal person for that show. Um. I'm going to take uh, Chef Aaron. Chef Aaron? Because oh, the, yeah. the chef does well. He'd be better than Chef Joe? I don't know if he'd be better than Chef Joe. Uh, but uh, I think he'll be potentially... I don't know. He may go out before Joe, but I think he'll, he'll bring some volatility and some fun to the house. Hmm. Um, what about you? I'm going to go... Give me Dedeker on Big Brother. Okay. I was, I was glancing at that. I think that'd be good. You know, um, uh, the live feed watchers will also appreciate that one. <laughs> she'll bring in the utopia live feed people to big brother all right and finally let's get an amazing race team now this could be any two people they could be friends they could be enemies who who do you want on the amazing race from utopia you know before i even like got you got to the point in uh anthony's question about dave and red i was thinking dave and red dave and red uh that would be good that's like they're, they're we're the utopia state of freedom team <laughs> team yes. freedom that would be that would be pretty good i don't think there's any other natural pairs i mean you could have sure uh chris and brie and hex and hex and taylor um cal and nikki uh could be good like where the like where the um well what would you call them Uh, maybe let's call how about like uh cal and bella Oh, interesting. Or Josh and Bella. Jo- well, Josh, but I, but at least Cal and Bella, they could be like the survivalists because Cal has his own like real life utopia. He has his own compound. He has his own compound. And I believe that I watched a YouTube video that I saw on the subreddit that Cal is opening up his compound to a utopia type experience uh, in the near future. So there's already a spinoff. He's the big winner. Yeah. Okay. He's the big winner. Okay. We get to see... Uh... Bouncing toffee, the alpacas. I hope so. I hope so. Okay. That's the only reason why I would go. All right. Uh, let's take a question uh, from 
Okay, this is uh, from Mike Bloom. Uh, he wants to know, uh, since we lost out on watching the Bald Men Showdown this week, who do you think won admission, and what other body type showdowns should we have seen? Uh, so which of the two bald guys did you think was going to make it? I think I said last time that I was really pushing for the uh, the hairdresser to make it. Um, so I'm, I'm just going to stick to my... Oh, okay. James, you said? That's James. That's the hairdresser. I'm going to go with James, the hairdresser. Okay. I, I, I would have liked to have seen him make it. and. Um, only because he was in the in the previews we saw at the end. That was the only one that actually I remembered. Yes, uh, I'll go with Jeremy just to be uh, <laughs> contrarian. Okay. Jeremy the plumber. Okay, uh, Peggy Jean Louise says, "What are the five funniest, most ludicrous moments on the show?" Number one, where are the bees, Jake? That's number one. Yes, that has to be number one. Um, I'm also going to throw in there. Um, uh, Red's wife visits. Oh, okay. And and that includes the uh, hashtag under the barn. Yes. Um, I think the the opening, I think just the opening episode, the, all the 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 drama in the opening. Yeah, episode, ramen noodle gate. I think was is pretty good. Also, the box uh, stuff yeah. of like of like uh, you can't tell me what I can't put in my box. <laughs> what's in the box yeah box gate yeah so it's really uh fifth avenue dave is really at the at the center of two of these things then ramen noodle gate yeah ramen so yeah ramen noodles in the box i don't know if there's those two separate ones or yeah um, i think those are two separate things uh, um i'm trying to think of any other just and just can we just say like bella all things bella chicken tractor bella, any, anything between bella anything involving bella in the garden Yes. Uh, Dan Sinensky wants to know, how do you think Utopia will change reality television? Um, I think there is one big way. Yeah, it's... It, you know, I was reading an article by Andy Denhardt over at realityblurred.com, and I, and I agree with him in as much... He says that the one thing that... You know, one thing that was good about Utopia is it took a chance. It tried something different. So it's, it's not just another Big Brother Amazing Race of Survivors. So even though it failed as an experiment, I mean, you have to fail to eventually get successes. So I'm, I'm hoping that in terms of how it will change reality TV is that additional new ideas will get fielded. And even if only one in 10 succeeds, that's nine shows that I can podcast about that will eventually yeah. fail. See, but I, I disagree with it. I think that uh, people are going to be less like, the network's going to be less likely to take a big chance like this. Uh, Utopia was a huge swing and a miss. It was $50 million that they put mm-hmm. into Utopia and it, and it did not work. I think that, you know, while Survivor, Big Brother has, you know, The Bachelor, all of these franchises have, you know, continued to have sustainability over the years and all of these different versions that they've done over and over and over again, it doesn't seem to be any sign of stopping soon. The new reality TV franchises, all, I mean, Kurt, all of these shows that we've tried to podcast about over the last three or four years, be it the glass houses and the whodunits and uh, utopias. And what else am I missing? Anything? Opposite worlds and the quest. Yeah, the quest. We're hoping they'll all come back because it, it hasn't been a year yet. So. I mean, what has been the last successfully launched network reality TV franchise? The Voice. Yeah, it's got to probably something. I mean, I'm sure there's some sort of Fox it. cooking show that I'm not uh, on top of, but I feel like that there has not been a successful 
you know, network reality franchise that's come along in the last few years. And until one of them happens, I don't think that any of them are like the next one that happens, I think is going to sneak up on us. I don't think the next one that happens is going to be a big, you know, um, you know, just in your face. Here's utopia, the big, you know, big budget yeah. twice a week production that, you know, is going to be really, really hyped. I, I think it's going to sneak up on you. Yeah, it's, it's, it, this tried to do a lot. This was, I think, over ambitious in terms of what it wanted to do when. I'm hoping that what is learned from this is that there's the opportunity for new things to get on TV, but you have to approach it in a smart way and not over promise and over invest. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that the, the next show that does it, I think that they're going to, it's going to be like one of one of two things. Like it's either going to be sort of like, um, you know, it's not going to be live at all. And it's going to be something that's completely different than what we're used to. Or it's going to be the show that really nails the live interactivity part of it. And right. I feel like that, you know, a lot of these shows sort of like are, he- you know, I have one foot in live, but the other foot in like not in live. But I think that the, ne- the show that d- that nails it is going to be that is going to be that success, but it's going to be, you know, nobody's really done it yet. And I'm including big brother. Yeah. And big brother is not very interactive. Like it was about this time, um, last year that I started seeing maybe a little further into November, that I started seeing promos for opposite worlds. And I'm, I'm now like with, with utopia gone, I have my eye on the horizon for like, what is, what is that next thing that could be interesting? I mean, you called, uh, the quest to my attention and I obviously had who done it on my radar for a while but I just don't know what's next and I, I don't know hope hoping there's something we hope that we hope there's something and we hope that networks uh still still give things a shot but I feel like yes. uh, the big bet which was utopia I feel like is going to scare the networks yes okay uh one last question let's go to uh Kaz was now Kurt what show will you be killing next um Interesting question. Um, I, I'm hoping this is this is going to make a lot of enemies out there. I'm hoping that I just killed Sleepy Hollow. Oh no! Uh, I, 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 yeah, I stopped watching. I gave up on that, and I'm, I'm hoping that it, it gives. It's no. no well, you Hollow. giving up on a show should probably mean it's going to have longevity. Okay. How about this? Um, I already. I think I already killed a Manhattan Love Story. Yes. Okay. Uh, I have not yet killed Selfie. That is still going. <laughs> no, I think Selfie is done, right? No, I just aired two episodes this week, and it's on my DVR for this coming week. So uh, I think it, it took a week off as well. Oh, uh, yeah, just... Kurt. Uh, well, oh, no. We oh, no, spoke what? too soon on that one. Uh, as according to uh, Entertainment Weekly on November 7th, uh, Selfie is canceled by ABC. I then, okay, there you go. <laughs> I've killed Selfie, and I believe I've killed Manhattan Love Story. <laughs> yes. And A to Z? Never watched it. Yeah. Didn't, didn't give it a shot. I, um, I think that it's going to still run, but it's not buying any more episodes. Oh, it didn't make the back nine, as a cockroach would say. Yes, yes, it did not. Okay, so okay, so there's the answer. I've already, I've already, I've already been killing some things. Yeah, so that is uh, selfie will not be uh, back again. Sorry, Kurt. Um, I, I will, I will say though, if people were really interested in Utopia and they kind of like the concept, I think a show that did it well was the colony 
which aired, I believe, on the Discovery Channel um, back in, gosh, I can't remember the exact year. I think it, it was around uh, the first season. The first season was in 2009, uh, and the second season was summer of 2010. And it was the same sort of idea where you get a bunch of people together to form their own society, but it's set in a like a post-apocalyptic setting mm-hmm. or a kind of post-viral uh, outbreak setting. And they do have... Um, like gangs of marauders that attack their settlement. And, but they, they are trying to get essentials and, and yeah. tend to sustain a sustainable living. So if people can go back and check out the first two seasons of the colony, uh, I would highly recommend that if you need a little bit more utopia in your life. And I also think that utopia would have been better served to be on cable as opposed to on Fox. Like, I think it should have been like like a, a network like Discovery or True TV or or some other network that is like looking to, you know, they have a lot of spots on the lineup, which they could put it on three hours a week and show the reruns or just have like live like Big Brother After Dark type stuff and just show like a couple hours a night. I think that it would be a cable network uh you know it probably would might be too expensive for that network but i think it could be something that really helps a network find an identity and bring an audience to a network but i think that on a, one of the major networks where they need a big hit you know they're looking for a show that's going to be you know premiering with 15 million viewers and and have you know people really talking about it week after week and and bringing you know 9 million, 10 million people into the fall to watch it. I feel like uh, that maybe, you know, a high concept reality series is not what that's going to be. And I think that, you know, if you're looking for, you know, a a thing where it's going to be, you know, 2 million, 3 million viewers is a win. I think cable would be a a great home for something like this. Yeah, I think you're right. Or whether it's online or yeah, potentially. Yeah. Um, They'd have they'd have to scale down the investment though in the actual production, I think. Sure, sure. But if there was some sort of, you know, utopia where um it was, you know, people on people on a farm and, and it was and it was online and it was really embracing the live feeders element and it wasn't trying to be, you know, self serving to the T V show where you watch the live feeds and then you watch you could watch highlights every day of it. Um, you know, I think that's something that could also potentially be a success. I can see that working. Like it seems like every every so often I'll I'll be flipping through channels and I'll see a promo for like a rerun of the like Eco Challenge or, or something on a, one of the one of the the cable networks and it seems like focusing on something like that and maybe changing up the uh, the approach of the show a little bit would would potentially work. Yeah, because in in this model, Kurt, I think that you know things start small and then uh, and then can build attention and in in this in this tv model where it's going to premiere it's got to start huge and then it, it it dwindles it's losing it's losing audience i think that maybe it's better to try to you know shoot for smaller success and then build on that and get bigger it's interesting like if they had taken the opposite approach that you typically see to like a a survivor where they start out with one person on the compound and that person gets to bring in a second person and the cast actually builds up from one to 16 people putting the society together. I mean, I think that would have potentially a kind of been that, that bit literal building of, of a following. And but at the same time would have been a, a kind of a, a new concept for reality. Well, TV. maybe start with eight, maybe uh, okay. like we can't start with one person on a show card. Unless That's that one crazy. person is, is Dedeker, but she'd be, no, she'd be, <laughs> she would be monoamorous. Yeah, I could. I could give right, start tips. with Jake the beekeeper. <laughs> He's the only person go. left. Uh, all right, Kurt. I, I can't believe it's al- it's almost over. 
It's it's over. It is, it is over. It is over. It, it's been. It's actually been over. We're just we're just uh, waiting to put the body back in the ground. All right. Well, Kurt, uh, thank you for your contributions to Utopia all season long. Oh, it's 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 been fun. This is you know I enjoy the my duties as the tabulator and getting involved with with uh, the, the the Mr. and Miss Survivor pageant and all and these the other podcasts. Who I'm will doing. be Miss Utopia this January? <laughs> I you know what if there was a Miss Utopia I think that Hex would be I think it would be actually a a, a run between Hex and Bella. No Dedeker? I don't know. I don't know if she has the following. I mean, I love her, but I don't think that she has the following to win. Okay, well we'll see. Miss Utopia pageant may be coming maybe coming around this podcast <laughs> uh this January. Um all right, well very 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 good. Uh Kurt, I I got a note from uh entrepreneur Kristen wanted me to uh remind everybody and thank everybody who's been using our links for amazon.com to uh do any of their shopping uh these last few months of 2014. We do appreciate that and we did recently announce that we have a link for our listeners in Canada as well who want to support Rob as a podcast with their Amazon purchases. That link is robhasawebsite.com/amazonca. And the nice thing is you don't have to, you can stop working on getting the uh, link to work for people who live in Utopia. Yes, yes. Uh, I'm very sad. They shouldn't have let them have access to the internet either. I think that was a mistake. <laughs> that can be said about a lot of people out there, Rob. Yeah. All right. Well, Kurt, what's coming up next for you on the Rob is a Podcast Networks? Uh, well, uh, this leaves me with two shows to talk about. So I'm, uh, Mike Bloom and I are continuing to discuss uh, Once Upon a Time each week on post-show recaps. Um, so watching that tonight and recording either tonight or tomorrow. Uh, and then uh, Amy and I are continuing to podcast about uh, Big Brother Australia as it wraps up this month. And then uh, I'll probably be back in January for the next round of Celebrity Big Brother UK. So. Okay. And I had a great conversation with your co-host on the Once Upon a Time podcast, Mike Bloom, when we previewed the cast of Celebrity Apprentice coming in January. Oh, nice. I was wondering when that was going to start up again. Sweet. Yeah. So check that out also on robhaswebsite.com. All right. For the last time, Kurt, very, very, this is probably the least that we've played uh, the song in uh, in quite a while. Let's... Uh, Let's listen to this the the beautiful music of uh, of Chris Daughtry together for the final time. Yeah, this was our heaven, never never our hell. Yeah. They had it, and what a story they did tell, Kurt. <laughs> they will they stay together, Kurt? No, this doesn't seem like it. Will they get torn apart? That's uh, pretty much a certainty. Will will they make a brand new start? You know what? That remains to be seen, but I'm sure I'm sure they will. Maybe separately. Kurt, this was Utopia. It was. Let's make a brand new start. We're gonna have to, aren't we? <laughs>